0: Hello, 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 and welcome to Stigma Busters. Again, my name is Courtney Rice, and I'll be your host for this podcast. But before we hear from our guests, let me tell you a little bit about me. I am the current manager of marketing and communications with NAMI Wood County. NAMI stands for National Alliance on Mental Illness. And as part of my position, I'm also contracted to do marketing efforts for the Wood County Alcohol, Drug Addiction, and Mental Health Services Board, AKA Adamus. I am also a proud graduate of Bowling Green State University and University of Toledo with my BA in psychology, and I also have my master's in social work. I'm also a licensed social worker and a huge mental health advocate. But enough about me. I want to talk to you today about why we decided to do this podcast and what its goals are. We wanted to create this podcast as a way to continue spreading awareness on mental health and addiction issues. In case you didn't know, one in five individuals in the U.S. come face to face with a mental health condition each year, and that includes the folks right here in Wood County. So on this show, we want to talk to local therapists, social workers, counselors, and others to learn more about not only how you can get help in Wood County, but also we want to bust some stigma. So in case you don't know what stigma means, I'll tell you according to the Google machine. Stigma is the disapproval of or discrimination against a person based on perceivable social characteristics that serve to distinguish them from other members of society. But unfortunately, this happens way too often with mental health and addiction. How many times have you ever heard that people are, quote, crazy or, quote, psychotic? How about people with mental illness are violent? Watch out for those people. They belong in the loony house. That talk stops here. We are going to bust stigma because, after all, we are the stigma busters. Kind of like the ghostbusters. I ain't afraid of no stigma. With all our talks and interviews, we are hoping to continue to spread awareness on mental illness, addiction disorders, and most importantly, we want to help you get the help that you need. Season is upon us, Stigma Busters. Halloween is a season for costumes and trick and retreating. It's a perfect time to go to the Pumpkin Patch and watching some spooky movies. But how is mental health portrayed during this festive season? Tune in to find out. On this Halloween special of Stigma Busters, I'll be chatting with Bree Snow. She is the AOT Family and Client Advocate with Namiwood County. Brie is also a graduate student at Bowling Green State University studying school counseling, and she also serves as the co-president of the NAMI on Campus affiliate that's also at BGSU. Let's see what tricks or treats Brie has to share with us today. Hey, Brie. Hey, Courtney. Why don't
1: you go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Happy to. So my undergraduate degree um, is Bachelor of Science in Human Development and Family Studies. I graduated in May of 2020, right in the middle of our pandemic, but that's okay. Um, I am also, like you said, I'm also pursuing my master's degree in school counseling. I was in clinical counseling, but I decided to switch from clinical mental health counseling to school counseling for my master's degree um, because I'm super passionate about helping kids in schools, and I think that's just really where my heart was. Like you mentioned, I am the co-president of our on-campus NAMI affiliate at BG, so I work with some of our college students in trying to Advocate for individuals living with mental illness and educate the community about services that are available to them, as well as just different destigmatizing information to just normalize talking about mental health and kind of reducing that stigma on campus. Because as an um, county affiliate, it can be difficult to reach those college students. So, our job as the on campus affiliate is to kind of bridge that gap and connect students to services. So, that's super cool. As you mentioned, I am the AOT family client advocate. So, AOT is assisted outpatient treatment. It's a community based mental health treatment that is under civil court commitment. It is not criminal court, but it's a program to help individuals living with serious mental illness that struggle to adhere to treatment plans. The goal of the program is to maximize safety and the well being of both the participant and the public and overall reduce individuals being in and out of hospitals, in and out of jails, um, and help them live safely in the community. Wow, that was
0: quite a bit. You seem pretty involved um, on BGSU's campus and in the Wood County community. I think it's wonderful that you're able to um, work a lot to advocate and help with college students and their mental health, especially going into school counseling. I can imagine that that Probably a very interesting uh, degree.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to continue to advocate for students, whether they are college students, um, high school age students going into the college time period and age and life um, and just continuing to work to destigmatize mental health. Wonderful. Yeah, we definitely need more people out there like you, Brie. So what made you want to get involved in this mental health field? So it's funny. I actually just wrote a paper for one of my courses right now um, talking about how my career path has changed over time. And one thing that's kind of always remained constant for me is just my desire to help people. I want to do something in some capacity to make others' lives better, to serve others. And I found in majoring in human development, family studies, and undergrad um, and school counseling now that I just really am passionate about mental health and mental health services and helping students specifically, based on my current um, degree choice, have access to resources and feel like they have somebody in their corner. I know that not all students feel like they have that person in their schools and they might not be as involved with their school counselor or it's stigmatized to go talk to your school counselor. So being in the mental health field and just being a sense of support for individuals in the community and for students is just something that has always really felt like my calling. And so, yeah, I just I want to help people, and this is the best way that I know how to do it. That is great.
0: I think especially with as this pandemic is kind of coming to an end, or uh, you know, it's starting to feel that sense of normalcy. I feel like a lot of students and youth, if you will, are having some difficulties in transitioning back to the sense of normalcy, just like the rest of the world, really. Going from all that isolation and not really knowing what's happening next can be very stressful. So I think it's great to be able to have an adult in your corner as a kid who may be experiencing that. So I'm glad that you'll someday be able to be that role model and that advocate for Thanks. students. Me too. I'm glad you're excited about it. It can be very stressful. (laughs) So let's talk a bit about Halloween and some mental health. So as you may know, and why we asked you to come on today, you're very passionate about this subject. So there could be a lot of stigma that surrounds with mental health and Halloween, uh, really the whole holiday. So how do these Halloween costumes and decorations, how do they perpetuate mental health stigma?
1: Yeah, so as you mentioned um, earlier, Halloween is a season for costumes and trick-or-treating and all the fun things. But again, it is a time where stigma does exist. Halloween is filled with people wearing lots of extravagant costumes, if you will. But oftentimes, there are costumes that might not be well thought out or are just worn not with the intention of perpetuating stigma against individuals living with mental illness, but that's sometimes just kind of what happens in general. You might hear the word crazy thrown around a lot during Halloween, especially. And that kind of just perpetuates the idea that individuals living with mental illness are unable to care for themselves or are scary, and they're not. They are struggling and are trying to seek help. And so by wearing costumes that maybe don't portray individuals in the best light and perpetuating the idea of being afraid of individuals living with mental illness, it kind of just creates a really negative narrative around these individuals. And as far as decorations, it's the same kind of concept where if you're decorating your house or your classroom or whatever case that you might be in, using decor that isn't necessarily family friendly or individual. So if you have an individual living with mental illness in your community or in your classroom or anything like that, there are characters and just different psychiatric portrayals that are not positive influences and are very negatively portrayed. And so for an individual who maybe experienced um, psychiatric hospitalization or anything like that or anything similar to that, that could potentially feel very stigmatizing and could be feel like they're being singled out. It could feel like um, just in general, just feel awful to see that and see that that's how people see that sort of setting. Um, And so decor and costumes during Halloween, especially, it's just really important to be mindful of the way those are portrayed for individuals living with mental illness and what that is coming across as to them. So what
0: are some different examples um, of these costumes or decor? You had mentioned some examples about like a psychiatric facility. What are some things that maybe we've seen like in media that perpetuate the stigma um, of mental health?
1: Absolutely. That's a good question. Oftentimes in the media, in scary movies, there are these very, I'm going to continue to use the word extravagant because they're kind of over exaggerated um, perceptions of an individual being in a psychiatric hospital. I feel like those are the ones I see the most, um, especially during Halloween, where there are all these hospital beds with different straps and just very potentially triggering um concepts and images and you're watching these movies and you're seeing oh well these are the things that happen in the psych ward they are strapped to these beds and x y and z thing happened they have all these massive needles for medication and things like that and that's not necessarily at all the case when somebody is experiencing inpatient treatment that is the one that comes to the mind the most for me because I feel like nurse costumes and while they can be fun and things like that, there are also times where they might be taken into a little bit more of a horror type of entity. And so when we use things like that, where nurses are supposed to represent safety and care um, for an individual who might be experiencing hospitalizations or things like that, seeing someone dressed in a way that is filled with horror images or watching movies that are portraying psychiatric facilities as a place of hostility and a place of terror can be really damaging for individuals who might need those services or might have experienced those services. Yeah, I can imagine if
0: you're, you know, someone who maybe doesn't know a whole lot about a psychiatric facility or what it looks like or really what's entailed in that treatment, if you're seeing these images on, you know, a scary horror movie, or, you know, decorations in someone's yard, or someone, you know, pretending to be this, you know, scary psychiatrist or something, it can really just make someone not want to go into treatment, maybe be a little hesitant. And in a way, they're almost making um, it even more stigmatized internally, and not getting the help that they need necessarily. So that's an excellent point.
1: Absolutely. I think too, it can be almost alienating to see people kind of making fun um, because obviously it's a time of trickery and everything's supposed to seem fun. But for somebody who is watching this happen, it could seem like you're making fun of their experiences. It could seem like you think it's a joke and for them, it's not, it's, it's their life experience. It's something that they think they might need to seek care with. And so if you're constantly seeing these images of, people thinking that it's funny or, oh, it's just a funny costume. Um, it can feel, like I said, alienating and feel like it makes you feel more alone. And so if you haven't sought services and it might be something that you're considering, you might stop. Somebody might stop asking for help or might feel like, oh, you wore this costume and you thought that it was funny. So now I can't ask you for help because now I feel more alone than I already did. And asking for help can be one of the biggest struggles anyway, and so that's just another barrier to care.
0: Absolutely, and I think another huge barrier or something that could be definitely stigmatizing, I know a lot of times when you know we see an example of someone um, with a mental illness, they're almost considered kind of like the villain or the bad person. Um, kind of a movie that always comes to mind when I think of this is ironically the movie Halloween, because uh, you know the main character, he's coming out of the psychiatric facility and, you know, he was on a murderous rampage. And as we all know, that's not necessarily the case uh, with people who are living with a mental illness. Uh, They're actually more likely uh, to be the victim of a crime. Uh, So I think that's a big case too. And I would think uh, with your role in AOT, you probably see a lot of that stigma as well um, with people who are in the criminal justice system or anything like that. So do you have anything to speak on with that just in ways that maybe during Halloween, we also see that with um, criminals or, you know, people who are in criminal justice system.
1: Absolutely. That's, that's a, that's a really great connection piece. So individuals living with mental illness, while some of their symptoms of their disorders may come across especially if they are not seeking treatment so if they are an individual who's participating in AOT or somebody who is fit for AOT and they're not adhering to their treatment they might not be taking their medications and so a side effect of that could be some of their less tied up in a bow nice and pretty symptoms of their mental illness that can turn into different reasons why they would be having the police called on them or being come up to by a police officer when they're just out in their community. There are a wide, 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 wide range of symptoms that can be portrayed as different things and different things that would cause concern for community members. So when there are individuals who are in jails and in and out of jails or are just trying to get help, um, again, the costumes with um, jumpsuits and all of the things. So while it might seem fun and especially with um, different shows that are on TV um, that portray different individuals in jail settings, um, it's not a happy place. It's it's not a place where people um, necessarily want to be. <laughs> Nobody necessarily wants to be in a jail cell. And while we've worked towards having better care for individuals in um, correctional facilities and things of that nature where they have access to mental health treatment, um, that's, that's not the ideal place to be receiving the treatment. And so for individuals who are being arrested or things as a result of their um, psychiatric disorders and symptoms and things like that, it can, again, be really stigmatizing and just a reminder of their experiences. And again, it's just that that mockery aspect where even if that's not your intention, even if that's not what you wanted to come across, even if it was just supposed to be a funny costume, the perception of that individual could just not feel that way. It could be oh well I was in jail and it wasn't funny and I I didn't get help I needed or I did get help I needed and now I'm feeling better but now I'm watching this person make fun of somebody who is I mean beside themselves and is is lost or is trying to get care and doesn't have access and so I think that's the connection piece that you're looking for is like yeah so even if you are out of jail or even if you are and so while it might seem like a harmless costume, it, it probably isn't. It probably isn't to most individuals who have experienced those things.
0: It's a valid point. You know, It is that kind of mockery or making fun of, kind of poking at people who have a serious disease, have a serious mental health condition. And when people you know, dress up in these costumes or put the decor out, as you said, it can be very offensive. It can um, leave them in a sense of isolation. So we are stigma busters as I always really say, and we like to bust stigma on here. So how can we as a community or as an individual, what are some ways that we could have a very destigmatizing Halloween this season?
1: I love that. Um, so I, I love the stigma busting uh, stance and the phrase and all of the things. So I have some tips on stigma busting this Halloween think about the costume that you're wearing. So we've talked a lot about stigmatizing costumes and different ways where nurse costumes or jail costumes and different things like that um, can be portrayed. And so thinking about the costume that you're considering. So when you're in that Halloween store trying to find that really fun costume to take to that one Halloween party or trick or treating or what you're gonna let your kids wear. When you're choosing the outfit, consider if it could be something that would foster misconceptions in the communities. So, uh, people living with mental illness, um, whether it's portraying a negative image of what psychiatric disorders and what mental health conditions look like, if it demonizes individuals who struggle with those disorders, just really carefully considering what your costume is portraying. Decide if as a person who might be interested in advocating for individuals, if it's the right time to fight the good fight so Halloween is, again, filled with fun for people of all ages. Um, so if you see a stigmatizing costume or if you're witnessing somebody with who is watching degrading entertainment or things of that nature that may hurt an individual living with mental illness, don't always feel like you have to reach out and teach out to every person that you're interacting with. You don't have to. Not every person that you see is a learning opportunity. But there are going to be those opportunities for growth that you're going to see with individuals maybe that you're close to or um, in different interactions that you'll have. And so look for those windows of opportunity for people to learn and grow, but not every person that you see in a nurse costume or in a correctional um, costume or anything like that um, is somebody that you have to lecture. It's it's exhausting to put yourself in that position. and it's okay to let other people fight against mental health discrimination too. It's not just on your shoulders. And so taking into consideration that it's not just you that has to reach out to these people. Um, avoiding attractions that perpetuate stigma. So resist paying admission or visiting local attractions that feature mental patients, psychos, freaks, weirs, whatever people want to call them. If you're feeling outraged, consider co- contacting your local government officials um, to share your feelings about stigmatizing, this stigmatizing form of entertainment. Um, I think a couple of years ago, Cedar Point had a psychiatric facility like Horror House or whatever. Um, that would be an instance where you might want to make a phone call. That might be an instance where you want to avoid paying to be part of that attraction because that is stigmatizing. I mean, you're walking through this psychiatric facility, quote unquote, <laughs> um, portrayal where it is really damaging. So if somebody who... Has experienced that um, psychiatric experience in real life, where it's not like that, and they're walking in and they're seeing again the mockery, the the alienating feelings of this is what people think this is like, and this is what people think this is. Um, avoiding paying for those things, and again, just letting your voice be heard, but letting other people make those calls too. Um, maybe a group of you do it. Maybe you t- talk to your friends about it, and your friend calls. It doesn't always have to be you, but making a note to avoid those interactions and encouraging the people around you to do the same. And then the last little tip that I have is uh, regarding our decorations. So we've talked a little bit about how decorations and costumes can have some negative portrayals but Halloween decor inside and outside should reflect um, appropriate, harvesty, scary themes. Um, ghosts, witches, goblins, zombies, those are all stigma free. Those are all fun. Those are all um, your typical Halloween fun little costumes, decor that you see all over the place. Um, pumpkins and corn stalks and spider webs, those, those are all harmless. So I think that there are a lot of stigma-free options out there. You just have to look for them and be willing to maybe alter the theme that you have in mind for your Halloween party or Halloween decor. Um, Just be willing to, to take the stigma out of your Halloween decorations and just search a little bit harder.
0: Those are some really awesome tips. And I really appreciate you coming on and sharing a little bit about Halloween and mental health stigma. And I will say, I do remember when that happened at Cedar Point and actually after some advocating, I believe it was actually taken down. So just proof that it does work to advocate and speak on others behalf and help to make a
1: difference. Absolutely, I I do remember um, it not being there the following year and I was not as aware of advocacy work as I am now. And so I'm really appreciative for individuals who advocate for things like that because You know, as the NAMI affiliate, as just a general advocate, I mean, it it matters. Your voice matters. And utilizing um, things like this podcast and utilizing different forms of education to make a difference, even if it's a small one, like changing uh, Cedar Point's horror houses, um, they can be large in the grand scheme of things for someone who's experienced something like that, someone living with serious mental illness.
0: Absolutely. Even the smallest changes can make a huge impact. Well, thank you so much, Bree, for coming on for our special Halloween edition of Stigma Busters.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Stigma Busters is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe today. Stigma Busters is written and hosted by Courtney Rice and recorded and produced by Kaylee Molman. Music is composed by Ben Damon. Stigma Busters is funded by the Wood County Alcohol, Drug Addiction and Mental Health Services Board. Thank you.